The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's going on, everybody? RJ Ochoa here from SB Nation's bloggingtheboys.com. Welcome to the SB Nation NFL Show. Welcome specifically to Monday Football Monday. A reminder to all of you that this show is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That's code SBNNFL only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Week 8 is just about in the books for the Football League of National. We are Monday Football Monday. It is our job to recap everything that happened on Sunday. We stream this show live so you can follow along and join us on the SB Nation NFL Twitter page or the SB Nation NFL Facebook page. You can always listen to the show, of course, through our podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the SB Nation NFL show. Leave a rating, write a review so you can hear the audio stylings of myself and one Pete Tweeney, the most handsome man in all of Kansas City, Missouri, nay, the most handsome man in all of the United States, nay, the most handsome man in all of the world. From SB Nation's Arrowhead Pride, it is Pete Tweeney. Pedro, happy Monday to you, sir. Yeah, happy Monday, RJ. It's it's a game day. I know you're coming off a, a game night, so we have that back-to-back, which is fun. I'm curious. I mean, I know that you're such a Cowboys supporter. At a certain point, you just wonder if you hate the Kansas City Chiefs more than anyone else with the messages over the weekend and basking and all the problems that are coming out. Are you rooting for the Giants tonight over the Chiefs? I am not rooting for the Giants tonight. I would okay, never do that. Just making um, sure. I would yeah. never do that to you. I would never do that uh, to the Cowboys and root for the Giants. Okay. But I will say, Pete Sweeney, I, right. did, I did tweet something on Sunday. I don't know if you saw it or if you were still mad at me. Uh, but we did get wins from the mm. other three teams that have the word new in their city's <laughs> name. The New York Jets got a big win against the Cincinnati Bengals. The New England Patriots got a big win against the Los Angeles Chargers. The New Orleans Saints got a big win against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Whether or not the New York Giants can make it a perfect four for four remains to be seen, but I personally don't think it'll happen. We'll, of course, preview Monday Night Football a bit and get into all three of those wins. Pete, were you, uh, you know, was it a good Sunday for you? Chiefs play yeah. on Monday night. Nice no. day for you to kind of kick back and relax. Yeah, as I was telling you, the the Giants are in town, so my my dad and mom and and sister are in here in Kansas City. They're going to be going to the game tonight. Uh, my dad is very eager to wear both Giants and Chiefs gear, so it should be a, a nice treat for them. Uh, but yeah, the the Kansas, Kansas City Chiefs couldn't lose yesterday, which which ended up being nice. And uh, as I'm sure we'll talk about here, 
uh, for Chiefs fans, it seems like the AFC is is wide open still at this point, which is a, a pleasant surprise, buying them a little bit more time to figure this out. The AFC in general, very wide open. The AFC West widened a little bit on Sunday, as yeah. mentioned, with the loss from the Los Angeles Chargers. So you're the your family, the rare, you know, middle of the the Kansas City Chiefs, New York Giants fan diagram. Like the, it's <laughs> it's you guys and Steve Spagnola. You know what I mean? Like that's that's kind of where we're at here. Well, yeah, I got to Kansas City about eight years ago, and that's right around the time where the Giants have just been an absolute disaster. So my dad has fully embraced the Chiefs as an a, as his AFC team, and he's uh, really looking forward to uh, the game night. So shout uh, out to well, my, my dad, Big Pete. Shout out to Mr. Sweeney. I mean, let's Mr. let's Sweeney. be let's be respectful here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, let's you know, let's not get crazy with it. Uh, let's start with the aforementioned uh, Los Angeles Chargers game falling. To the New England Patriots, 27 to 24, Pete Sweeney. I know you were paying very close attention to this game. Obviously, the Chargers now four and three. Meanwhile, the Patriots four and four. Uh, this was an impressive game, I thought, for the Patriots as a whole. Obviously, the season didn't start off all too well for them. Uh, but Mac Jones, 18 of 35, 218 yards, no scores through the air. Uh, just kind of a, a so-so day for him, but, you know, kind of drove the bus, which is what people, you know, expect of rookie quarterbacks in uh, the best possible sense. Justin Herbert, on the other hand, had two interceptions. Not a great day, far from the MVP contender that we saw early on this season. Are the wheels starting to fall off on the Chargers, Peter? Was it just that they wore the Navy uniforms? Was there too much hubris <laughs> going on there? Yeah, I'm surprised the Patriots won this game. I really thought the Chargers were the better team. I, I thought they were further along, and I, I thought it spoke to Mac Jones and just how NFL-ready he is. Uh, we've said it a number of times on this podcast that Mac Jones looks to be the most uh, se seasoned of the rookie quarterbacks, and he performed, I, I thought, like a veteran in this game as opposed to a rookie. And really, in a sense, I thought, I don't want to say outdules Justin Herbert, but really outmanaged him. And you saw that uh, Herbert and it was really the Adrian Phillips game where uh, he was able to intercept the Herbert twice, returning one um, for 26 yards in what ended up being the 27 to 24 victory. And Phillips, I love when full wrestling after the game saying everybody always wants to stick it to their former team, uh, just be able to go out there and end up having the game that I had was sweet. And I loved it. And so. Um, yeah, Patriots managed the game. They got a lot of field goals from Nick Folk in this game. It wasn't really a ton of flash, but at the end, uh, they were able to put up more points than the Chargers, and that's all that matters. And like like we're saying here, the Patriots are four and four. The Chargers are four and three. The Patriots are are somehow in the mix, especially with some of these other results that we saw on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, I I really you know the Patriots get the big win over the Jets last week, and you know. It's the Jets, although, you know, we'll, we'll get to their game, certainly. But yeah. this was a very big win for them. They've got the Panthers coming up, so the Stephon Gilmore revenge game. Then the Browns after that, they don't look exactly like the team we saw at the beginning of the season. Then the Falcons, the Titans now, possibly without Derrick Henry again. We'll get to all that. But I, I was impressed. This was maybe the finest we've seen the Patriots overall uh, post-Tom Brady, and I, I realize the bar isn't all too high to clear here. But, dude, the Chargers, I mean, they got – just wrecked by the Baltimore Ravens heading into their bye week. They right. had two weeks to prepare for this game. It's pretty inexcusable to me. I mean, if Brandon Staley, you want us to take you seriously? You want And look, the Chiefs part of this is a whole separate discussion, but you want us to believe that you can really win the AFC West? You want us to anoint you, to crown you, to treat you like that? You can't drop this game. You can't. This, this is a really bad loss for the Chargers. This, this I think, feeds the narrative like same old Chargers. You know what I mean? Like, like they, can't, they can't separate themselves and fully become an elite team. Yeah, I, I completely agree. NFL research had this. It was 
Herbert's two worst passer rating and completion percentage games of his career uh, against the New England Patriots, and they limited him to a 66.7 and a completion percentage of 51.4 on Sunday. And so, you know, you look at this AFC West division, I'm not ready to really buy into the Las Vegas Raiders. You can't buy into uh, the Chargers after this. The Denver Broncos are not winning this division. So, Again, I, I still think it's a wide open um, division. And then when you, when you talk about the conference and, and everything that's going on, and I know we're getting into other teams here, but with this sudden Derrick Henry injury, which seems to be the biggest NFL news of the day, it's like, well, who's going to win the AFC? I, I guess you would maybe lean Buffalo, but but still, I, I just don't think you could say with confidence anybody right now. And you know that helps a team like the Chiefs or the Colts that are trying to work their way back in the mix and, and gives them confidence. Like, let's just keep playing and see what happens here. Yeah, uh, weird question for you, Pete. In the AFC, who has had the um, the most understandable losses? I guess might be the best way to put it. Is it is it the Ravens? Because uh, the Ravens, you look, you know what I mean. Like their first loss was against the Raiders that Monday night game, that crazy ending. You know, kind of a coin flip situation. It's unfortunate it went against them. And then the Bengals, who again lost, and, and we'll get there. But um, I think the rate, like if I had to. No. If I had to lean one way, it might be Baltimore, even it over would, my Buffalo Bills. No, it's been Buffalo. I mean, you because you, because you're looking at what the Steelers are able to do without a kicker yesterday mm. and, and win a division game. And, you know, they dropped one of the Steelers. The Steelers, we, we did not give enough credit on, on this show. And there are other losses against uh, the Tennessee Titans, who, uh, I, I again, even despite this Henry news, to me, look like an AFC contender. And they've won all of their other games, Dolphins, Washington, Texans, they beat the Chiefs and on Sunday Night Football, and then uh, the Dolphins again yesterday. And so to me, those two really feel like the most excusable losses. And, and as we're sitting here today, again, given the Titans issue now with Henry, who really was a huge part of what got them over the Buffalo Bills, you're probably picking the Buffalo Bills to win the AFC. I, I Even though they're right now would be fourth, in the conference, I, I think that would be the safest bet right mm -hmm. now. How sure are you of it, though? That that's what what's crazy. You know what I mean? No, it. Um, I think at season's beginning, we thought the kind of powerhouses were in the AFC, right. and and there's been some kind of just cannibalization there, some kind of eating of each other uh, that has has gone on, and and each team's kind of gotten one against another force. You know what I'm saying? And and you know the Chiefs' four losses have come against four AFC powerhouses, and so like right. it's just there's a weird kind of it's. It's like if, if the Avengers decided to fight each other. It's, it's truly a civil war happening in the AFC. Uh, we've danced around it enough, Pete. Let's get to the Tennessee Titans, who got a big win on Sunday in Indianapolis. 34-31, to 31, the final score in overtime. Tennessee gets to 6-2. and two. Indianapolis falls to 3-5. and five. The news about Derrick Henry on Monday kind of came as a surprise. Um, yeah. I don't think anybody really thought this after the Titans won. Um, it is thought at this point, Fox's Jay Glazer tweeted that Henry broke the fifth metatarsal in his foot, uh, the infamous Jones fracture that many players have had at their point in their careers, Pete. So the Titans are six and two. And again, now have swept the Indianapolis Colts. You know, the NFC East is really bad. And believe me, I know that. But the Titans have a stronger hold on their division than any other team in the NFL. And so you're sitting in great position there. But losing Derrick Henry, if we're here sitting and talking about the Titans as a contender, that is gone if Derrick Henry is going to miss the rest of the season. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I know you're you're seeing some talking heads weigh in this morning. I I tend to agree with this notion that he might be 
and is the most important non-quarterback in the NFL to a, a team, right? Because, you know, you think about how it's quarterback or or nothing, and, and if you lose your quarterback to injury, the whole season is in flux. This is about as important as a player as it would be to, to lose a, a Ryan Tannehill. And the fact that, you know, you have McNichols there, he's fine. He's just not the same player, not that dominant Jim Brown, and no, no exaggeration there, type of guy who was having that type of season. And so it, it puts a question on what should be probably the top AFC contender, I think we'd say, had it not been for this injury news. And you're right, it's weird injury news because it seems like it's going to cost him the season. And, and typically when you see one of these season-ending injuries, it becomes pretty clear right away on the broadcast. But this is like, oh, right. they were he, he looked a little bit banged up. You know, he'll get over this, probably be able to play next week. That seemed like it would be the case after the this game. And, and it seems like it's gotten worse overnight. And good news for the Titans, as you said, schedule's all right. And he could potentially be back for the postseason. So if they can get in, they'll be a very interesting team come January. But now it's going to be the Tannehill and Brown show. And if there's one thing, you know, if you're a Titans fan right now, if there's one thing you can hang your hat on, it's that A.J. Brown looks like an absolute star. Looks like a top five wide receiver in the NFL. So maybe you can rely on that. The defense uh, up and down, but I think has been good enough. You know, Bayard in this game had, had the key interception. I, I think you can you can buy some time and make the postseason and then see what happens. A.J. Brown, 10 catches, 155 yards, and the big touchdown against yeah. the Colts on Sunday. Um, the trade deadline is tomorrow, Tuesday. We'll, of course, have you covered here at the SB Nation NFL Show. Where's Julio Jones? Should the Titans add another wide receiver if they're going to be without Derrick Henry for some you know foreseeable stretch, which seems to be the case? I, I think it's more likely if they don't feel confident in McNichols, they they go and get maybe a running back. I know that there's been some running back chatter with like a, a Tyson Williams in Baltimore uh, as they're you know running with Freeman. I know that there's been Marlon Mack stuff that we, we heard some of that in, in KC, even where you might have uh, in Tampa a Ronald Jones available. And, and it's just a back who you feel like, OK. Uh, has shoulder to load, can shoulder to load, again, buy us some time. And you really run that offense through what would be Tannehill and then Brown and some of these younger receivers. Julio Jones is, it's sad right now. This is, seems like one of these, this, this seems like one of these career trajectories where it's just over. The body is broken down. You know, it reminds me a little bit of like Peyton Manning at the end where you're like, all right, man, just get through the season. Let's see you have one or two more. Uh, big games and you can understand why Atlanta had to make this tough decision to shed that salary they couldn't pay the cap number for a guy who who couldn't be on the field and it's a shame for Tennessee because man if Julio Jones was available and was healthy he still looks like he has it he just can't stay on the football field uh it seems to me Julio's like uh, when the A-list actor had to do like uh, a Netflix-only movie, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, or, or like a Hallmark Channel movie. You know, it's just it's not the same quality's not the same. Um, on the Indianapolis side of this, when it comes to yeah. this game, because obviously we're kind of looking at Tennessee's long-term future here. This this was a game that Indianapolis had, and Carson Wentz threw away at the very end. The the pick six uh, was really inexcusable there. And granted, the Colts did go down and tie the game. They should have gone for two at the end, and the way they lost in overtime exemplifies that if you need data on it. Uh, as we're talking here, Pete, I just saw a tweet from PFF's Mike Renner. Carson Wentz has gained 223 yards on pass interference penalties over the past two weeks. Had a big one in that final on that final drive. That is yeah. more than any other quarterback has on the entire season. Um, and 
the Colts are now well behind the Tennessee Titans. They are three and five. The Tennessee six and two, even with the Derrick Henry injury. The Colts, Pete, have also been swept by the Tennessee Titans this season. So there's no hope, really, conceivably, of the Colts winning the AFC South. So you know, the, this is something the, I'm the, gonna go ahead. The, Car- the Carson Wentz ceiling is Kirk Cousins. That you know what I mean? Like that's the that's the quarterback you're getting. He's not right. going to be this top ten guy for you. That was the worst pass maybe of his career, and it led to the, the Colts. Which is saying them. something, given what we saw on Sunday Night Football last week in San Francisco. Right, right. And so, you know, I, I look at Wentz. I, you know, it's good that he came back and he was able to to get this game tied up after that. But this game was was over. Bayard, who had the overtime pick to set up what was the game-winning field goal, said that he was actually in the sideline preparing his speech if the game had gone the other way. And then he said, we're resilient. We're going to keep swinging. And I was able to make a play at the end. And I'm just happy we won the game. And so you had a guy on the sideline ready to be like, all right, look, we got to keep fighting. We're okay, you know, here. And then Wentz just gave the game away. And if you look again, it was it was the end zone touchdown pick six. That was the worst pass of his career. But it seemed like an overtime. That was a forced ball as well that ended up in the hands of Bayard. And, and you had two opportunities here after you blew it. To figure this thing out, I also thought, you know, maybe the Colts should have gone for two when they were able to tie it yep. up. Because, you know, I, I was thinking that too. Why let it go to overtime? You were able to get all this momentum. They seemed deflated. It's two yards. Go win the game. And, you know, they, they chose not to do that. And then they ended up paying the price. I love Frank Reich, the person, but he is kind of a coward when it comes to being a head coach. We saw that in the playoffs last year against the Buffalo Bills. We saw it on Sunday against the Tennessee Titans. My last question on the Colts, Pete, they're three and five. Again, they're well out of the AFC South race, even with the Derrick Henry news. You're Chris Ballard. You're Frank Reich. Do you have a serious conversation about benching Carson Wentz so as to prevent him meeting the threshold that would require you to send your first round pick to the Philadelphia Eagles next year? That's 75% of plays if they don't make the playoffs that he has to play for you to send your first round pick. I mean, if you are going to be married to Carson Wentz for the foreseeable future, you need that first round pick. And so it's an interesting case because if there's any quarterback who I think would not respond well to that, even though it would be for the good of the team, it would be Carson Wentz. Yeah, this is going to be an interesting story and scenario to follow here toward the end of the season. They got a game this Thursday night against the weirdest team in the NFL. (laughs) And that's of course the New York jets. And who knows how that's going to go because the jets uh, lose to every other team except AFC contenders. And so I'll, I'll hold and say, let's see how these two games against the Jets and Jags go. If you go 0-2, no-brainer, bench wins. Right. Go 1-1, and still a little unclear. If you go 2-0, and I don't know how you could do it. You I just don't know how you, you could do it. So you got to see how your record is, I think, going into this Buffalo Bills matchup, which is in three weeks' time. But you st- should start to get some answers with the New York Jets. If you drop one of the Jets, it's becoming clear. Like, let's focus on the future of this team more so than the right now. Let's uh, get to the New York Jets, Pete, the two and five New York Jets. Interesting, your family's Giants fans could have gone Jets, you know, whatever. But hey, everybody has that that line uh, in the Bronx, so to speak. The Jets had 17 points in the fourth quarter against the Cincinnati Bengals. Only one team scored more points than them in the fourth quarter. Do you know who that was on Sunday? Who's who's that? Do you have a guess? I think it it was not. No, it's not the cow. Cooper Rush is great, but he's not that great. Do you have a guess? (laughs) Um, the Rams. No, you the were, Texans. The yes, Texans. it was the Houston Texans. Look yes. at you, Pete Sweeney. You are the smartest man I'm alive. Only my fourth guess. 
Uh, the New York Jets won 34 to 31 against the Cincinnati Bengals, who many, including ourselves, were ready to admit were among, still might be among the top contenders in the AFC. Mike White in his first start, former Cowboys quarterback Mike White, 37 of 45, 405 yards, three touchdowns in the air, two interceptions. You know, hey, everybody's going to throw a pick every now and then. This is. Yeah. I don't want to like play revisionist history, but this is why I did not believe in Zach Taylor. And he proved a lot of people, myself included, wrong over, you know, the point in time before Sunday. This is a bad loss for the Bengals, dude, but a huge win for the Jets. Well, it seems like the Bengals got a little too cute at the end here where you have Joe Mixon in the lead, right? Mm -hmm. Like run the football. I don't know how, why they, they were throwing it. And then you get the interception. And Mixon after the game goes, we've got to get our team ready to go. Today we weren't ready. We came out flat. They wanted it more. Like, how? How do you not, after after what you have in front of you all of a sudden in Cincinnati, where you could solidify yourself as the top AFC contender? Because it seems like a thing, and we keep coming back to this theme, that nobody wants. Nobody wants to be the top AFC team this year, it seems. And so the Bengals kind of reaffirmed that. I also thought, what you're ha- what's happening in New York is an interesting question where you have this rookie starter, and I've already seen the headline out of ESPN New York where it's like Mike White is the best option right now. Mm. You're two and five. Again, he'll probably start again on Thursday if you are able to beat a Colts team with a quarterback like Carson Wentz and desperately needing a win, and all of a sudden you're three and five and you're riding White. Like, Do you just go with Mike White and say, you know, Zach Wilson will have to just have you learn from this who's been a, a career backup, but this veteran, you know, for, for this season and, and until he really shows like, and loses and then says, okay, well, the jets are out of it now. Let, let's go back to Wilson. What do you do? That's another interesting scenario. That's kind of developing in New York because they've beaten good teams. So why can, why can't they win the next three games in a row and get back to 500 with Mike white? So the Jets' next three games, if Pete Sweeney is going to allow himself to fully believe. Uh, so they have beaten the Cincinnati Bengals. They have the Indianapolis Colts, which I think, you know, you and I both think they can win. That game's in Indianapolis for what it's right. worth on Thursday night. They've got the Buffalo Bills next Sunday. Tough, tough cookies there. But, hey, you never know. Uh, you're right. Nobody wants to win the AFC. And then the Miami Dolphins. And what's more, Pete, is after that, they have the Houston Texans, the Philadelphia Eagles, the New Orleans Saints now with maybe Trevor Simeon, the Miami Dolphins, the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, you're talking about a Jets team that could get to, you know, six or seven wins on the season. And I think that that was the goal for Robert Sala's squad, right? right? And it was a rough beginning. But it's not just Mike White. Michael Carter, shout out to RJ Ochoa for drafting Michael Carter in his fantasy league and yeah. believing we call, I am we a all genius. Care about that. Yeah. Um, Michael Carter, 77 rushing yards and a touchdown on the ground, led the team in receiving with 95 yards receiving as well. Nine catches. To, uh, yeah, dude. I mean, this is just, you know, that Robert Sala, I've, I've said before, I've asked you, kind of pontificated whether or not he made a mistake choosing the Jets over the Lions. Could he overcome the culture of that organization? But there's there's no doubt it's taking hold a little bit. And I I mean, they, their two wins are awesome this this season, <laughs> right? Unreal. Like, I mean, if, if you just measure the quality of, of every team's wins in the NFL, they might have the best just with their two wins, so to speak. Yeah, this was a team, too, that was a week ago blown out by the New England Patriots. So when you have that type of loss, you could tailspin and lose every game for the rest of the year. So they come back and win this one. And as you were saying, the schedule opens up. And the next three of the four is Colts, Bills, Dolphins, and Texans. Like, you should be able to take three of those four games 
all of a sudden you're five and six and playing the Philadelphia Eagles. Is this the Mike White sh- White White show? And and all of a sudden maybe you're you're um, a candidate for that seventh seed in what would be the AFC. I'm interested in watching the Jets. It, it starts with Thursday, and it's going to be a key moment, really. I think in both franchises, and especially as we're saying at the quarterback position. To me, there's implications as to how that game um, ends up for both teams. So, some spicy Thursday night football storylines in, in that one uh, with two sub 500 teams, as it turns out. Uh, welcome to November football, Pete. Welcome yeah. indeed. Uh, by the way, the Jets black uniforms looked great on Halloween. I'm not a fan of them. Generally, it's, it's hard to make a black uniform not look good, but the Jets somehow pull it off. But on Halloween, and maybe it was it was bouncing off the, the Bengals orange, but it looked nice. You know what I mean? Teams, teams that aren't like the Falcons who have black as one of their colors should not have a black jersey. That's just mm. the way it is. It, 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 it doesn't make any sense. Everyone has this black jersey now. I don't get it. I don't like it. That's a, a good point. Good take by you, Pete. Uh, let's Thank go you. to the Falcons, actually, quickly here. We don't have to spend too much time on this game. They lose to the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers, Pete, had lost four games in a row, but there is no antidote like facing the Atlanta Falcons. Sam Donald <laughs> suffered a concussion near the end of this game, 19-13 to 13, the final score. Carolina now back to 500-4-4 and four on the season. Meanwhile, Atlanta falls to 3-4. and four. Matt Ryan had his hand stepped on uh, and had a lot of blood gushing everywhere he finished 20 of 27 146 yards a touchdown two interceptions uh kyle pitts uh only had two catches on the day for 13 yards after coming off that great game last week against the dolphins sam donald had 129 passing yards before he left the game chuba hubbard had 82 yards and a touchdown i mean this was just this was boring i mean it's this was really, really boring. I, I mean, you're getting all hot and bothered about the black uniforms on Halloween. This this was Halloween. If you watch some of these highlight shows, there should have been a graphic warning before you're showing Matt Ryan on the sidelines. With the, the, There was so much blood. It looked like his hands were, hand was dipped in red paint. And uh, yeah, so the, playing into the, the Halloween theme, you know, the game usually doesn't come down to a heavy kicker show. But I, I just thought, okay, you have Zane Gonzalez who makes from 29, 51, 57, 23. Without Gonzalez kind of doing that, the Panthers don't come away with the win. And when you're having four field goals decide the game, like we saw, like to me, okay, probably a boring football game, which is what what this was. The Panthers kind of right the ship. We we mentioned that that Sam Darnold had the concussion. I don't really know what to think about the Panthers. To me, I, I just I you they can only go so far as far as maybe they you know sneak into the playoffs, but. I just can't see this as a team with Sam Darnold on their center that's going to be making a ton of noise in the NFC playoffs. Nah, both these teams. Would would either one of these teams have been better off with Justin Fields? I think it's I think definitely the Panthers because I I've we've seen Matt Ryan to to, to me be an MVP in this league. And um there has been times right now where Kyle Pitts does look like that kind of transcendent player at the tight end position. I could not yet, but I could see him at the Kelsey Waller level. And once you get that going, I, I think it might be worth it, especially if you feel like Matt Ryan has a ton of years left. For me, do you Kyle, feel like he has a ton of years left? I not a hundred percent, but I feel better about their situation than Carolina, where I just think it was Sam Darnold versus Mystery Door, and maybe you could have had both. And I just would have wanted to see what was behind the Mystery Door than what we're seeing with Darnold, just because I understand all the Adam Gase stuff, but you kind of knew what Darnold was, right? Like it was only going to take you so far. Why not try to get 
someone in there. We've seen Ryan, we've seen Ryan go to a Super Bowl. So it's more of a question of what does he have left? He kind of knew Darnold maybe wasn't the guy, which is why we've seen them tied to uh Houston and Watson, and they've mixed and matched with sending Teddy Bridgewater to Denver. And there's they've been constantly looking for this answer that you know that maybe could have been right in front of them. Uh boring indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Let's go, Pete, now. I know you've been pumped to talk about it to the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday night football. Got the big win at the very end, 20-16 to mm-hmm. 16 against the Minnesota Vikings. Um, I, this reminded me, and I know the Chiefs lost, but this reminded me of the game they started without Patrick Mahomes in 2019 against the Green Bay Packers. It was Chad Henney, is that right? Or am I making this up, that started a quarterback? Matt Moore. Matt lost. Moore. They're all the same. He lost, actually lost to the Packers and beat the Vikings, right. <laughs> as it turned out. Well, yeah, but it reminded me of that, just kind of the Sunday Night Football, because that game went down to the wire. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if Mike McCarthy consulted with, say, Andy Reid about this decision. Unlike that situation, the Cowboys had a bit of an option. They could have played Dak Prescott. That was the storyline all week long, whether or not they yeah. were going to. The Cowboys decided to rest him, play for the long term, and roll the dice. And it worked. And they won. They maintained their winning streak. They are 6-1. and one. Uh, Cooper Rush was... I wouldn't say phenomenal, but he was he was what you needed. He was a great backup quarterback, top 300 yards, had the game-winning touchdown to Amari Cooper. Uh, it was the Cooper-to-Cooper connection. Last year, when Andy Dalton uh, started for the Cowboys when they won in Minnesota, he hooked up with Dalton Schultz for the game-winner. So some nice stuff happening there. This, though, Pete, to me, I think, I think I mean, I don't want to take away from the Cowboys, but this was all about the Vikings falling all over themselves. I mean, this this is a really bad loss for the Vikings, in my mind. Um, I saw our friends at the Daily Norseman, our Minnesota Vikings blog here at SB Nation, tweet that this was the end of the Mike Zimmer era. Now it's just a matter of time as to when it happens, when it's official. The Vikings scored yeah. on their opening possession and then fell apart. I mean, on third you know, downs, Pete, one of 13, the Vikings. This is a – this is, but – I want to go back to your original point, and I look. I after how you're you're treating Kansas Cityans and Kansas oh. Chiefs fans, I, it's hard for me to even say this to you. But the Cowboys just feel like a team that could be the best team in the league, and it's because of units and players picking each other up. Like this is what championship teams and championship seasons begin to look like, where you have signature wins like this, where the backup comes in and beats Kirk Cousins. Man, Kirk Cousins is just I. I it it. it it gives me the heebie-jeebies thinking so about his career. I, I want to like, interrupt what? you to tell you, I want to tell you one thing, Pete. So um, the last <laughs> the, the last four quarterbacks. 
who have won games for the Dallas Cowboys all got their first win as a Cowboys quarterback on the road against Kirk Cousins' team. Matt Castle in 2015 won at Washington. Dak Prescott's first win was on the road against Washington. Andy Dalton's first win as a Cowboys quarterback was right. on the road in Minnesota last year. And Cooper Rush. I mean, that, I mean, I I'm higher on Cooper than, or I'm less low on on excuse me on Kirk than most. But yeah, this was bad, dude. I mean, this was real. But he wasn't the only problem. But this was a Vikings team that was one of thirteen on third down. Gross. I mean, you're not going to beat anybody doing that. And what I mean by like other units stepping up I, I think you got to highlight Micah Parsons in this game 11 tackles four for a loss a quarterback hit two quarterback pressures and two run stuffs and that's what I mean where okay you have Cooper Rush the defense kind of realizes like we got to keep this game somewhat manageable if we can keep them under 20 points maybe we can get to to 20-ish and and win the football game and to me that's uh, exactly what happened it's crazy that Rush threw the football 40 times in this game but he completed 24 325 um, the two touchdowns I saw RJ. This is an RJism. This was the first first name to the last name touchdown in NFL history with Cooper to Cooper uh, for the game winner. And it, it was just, I think, a, a credit to the backup and a big spot being ready. This is not like other situations like in New York where you got to think about playing Mike White. This was a one gamer. Who knows? Maybe there's a team interested in, in rush uh, in the offseason or something where you can work something out. But I, I just thought it was a good win, a good, reliable game by rush. And Kirk Cousins continues to just keep the Vikings where they're going to be forever with him, which is at 500 ish. We'll have a good game here. We'll get back to four and four, maybe end the season nine and eight, losing the first round of the playoffs. And then you're stuck with Kirk Cousins again. Like that's you're you're in football uh, purgatory, as they say with this guy. It is the bad place uh, with Kirk Cousins. Justin Jefferson was nowhere to be seen. Dalvin Cook. I mean, I I don't want to, you know, take away from blaming Kirk Cousins, but Mike Zimmer was awful in this game. Mike Zimmer, again, the storyline all week was whether or not Dak Prescott was going to play. He said in the lead up to this game that they studied Cooper Rush a lot. They prepared for him. Xavier Woods, not the wrestler, uh, but former Cowboy safety said, that the they actually didn't prepare for Cooper Rush. They only watched a couple of clips of him all week long. How do you do that? Like, how do you not? Not that there's a lot of film on Cooper Rush out there, but how do you not do that? What's more, Pete, is one of the plays of the game from this contest for the Cowboys was the third and eleven conversion that Zeke Elliott had at the very end that gave the Cowboys the fresh set of downs right before Cooper Rush threw the game-winning touchdown. That was only made a third and eleven because on third and sixteen the Vikings tried to call back-to-back timeouts. And Mike Zimmer was asked about this after the game and said that he forgot that he called a timeout before trying to call another one. I mean, just a total collapse of a game. And, and you know, I think Mike McCarthy, I, I still think, is not getting enough credit, but he he believes that not saying who your starting quarterback is going to be in a given week is like some sort of advantage. You know, you're making the other yeah. team prepare. I, I don't I don't buy that, but it worked against this team. <laughs> and that like that is sad. You know what I mean? That, that like right. such a, a hollow strategy actually worked against Mike Zimmer. Well, I mean, time and time again, Cousins has these spots where it's a primetime game and he's suddenly playing a quarterback like this. And he loses the game and, and it goes and plays right into the idea that this guy cannot play under what is the spotlight. This is a game that the Minnesota Vikings should have won. It, it, as soon as Dak Prescott is not playing, the Vikings should have won this game and they did not. By the way, your boy, Cedric Wilson, might be the best quarterback on the team. A career <laughs> four for four, 80 yards, a touchdown and a perfect 
158.3 pass rating at a 35-yard completion to C.D. Lamb in this game. Shout out to Cedric Wilson. And because of the Cardinals' loss, and, and, it, and it pains me to say this, RJ, because you don't deserve it, but the Cowboys could be the best team in the NFL. And, and this, this is a, a game that kind of shows you why, because they're a complete team who can win even when their quarterback is suddenly not in the mix. All right, Pete, we've, I'm sorry. We've made up now. I love you. Let's come in for the bro hug. I'm rooting for the Chiefs here on out, <laughs> except for a couple of weeks from now. You've brought me back. I'm Team no, Chiefs. Let's get this no. done. Mahomes, we're back tonight too against late, the New man. York Football it, Giants. Too late. You're, you're a Giants uh, fan tonight. I'll be, I'll be looking for you wearing blue. Uh, in no universe would I ever root for the New York Giants, <laughs> especially tonight when they're wearing those god awful white. I, if they were the gray pants with those jerseys tonight, I will be so upset, but, um, <laughs> but whatever. Um, okay. Let's move on. Let's go to Pete. Uh, where do you want to go next? You pick. Um, I, where have we not been yet? <laughs> let's go, uh, to new Orleans, new where Orleans. the saints took down the Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Speaking of, uh, on the subject of jerseys, I believe the bucks yeah. are something like 12 and oh, in their white jerseys with Tom Brady, but they're, I think, three and three in the red jerseys, including an 0 and 2 yeah. record against the Saints. 36 to 27, the final score. Jameis Winston might be lost for the season. So a costly win for the Saints, but they are now five and two to the Bucks' six and two record. Uh, Mark Ingram was back. Trevor Simeon did come in for Jameis, finished 16 of 29, a buck 59 through the air, and the touchdown. Yeah. Um, what do you make I, of the Saints? I, I feel bad for Winston because he was playing some pretty good football in this game early and he got a nasty tackle. It was by Devin White, horse collar, and it looks like his season could be over. You're hearing rumblings of ACL. Uh, Sean Payton said he cried when he saw Winston in the locker room. You know, a lot gets made of the New York Giants being the Tom Brady kryptonite, but the Saints have a little bit of that in them mm -hmm. as well. These were two uncharacteristic interceptions by Tom Brady. If you really watch one at the end of the half and then with with the ball in his hands i mean this was a game where the saints took the two-point lead and everybody was saying it to themselves i mean <laughs> the announcer said it up oh, you're giving tom brady the ball with two minutes left this should have been a signature tom brady win where he he brings the offense down the field but it was a complete blunder it was a force bruce arians admitted um that and it was he said it was not characteristic of him throws the pick, throws the game away. And it was a weird Sunday of football where you had a Cooper Rush beating a Kirk Cousins. You had Trevor Simeon coming in, and he wasn't outstanding, but he was good. And he goes and beats Tom Brady in a game that's a one-score game where the, the Saints had no business, especially after losing Winston early to win this football game. And so it, it seems like his, his season could be over. Um, bad game for Tom Brady, but look... Um, not one where I'm going to just completely write off the Bucks. I, I just always go back to that game where Tom Brady forgot that it was fourth down and was holding up his hand and looked ridiculous. And people like, oh, um, he's you know, there's never going to be a chance for the Bucks. I mean, it really just depends on who has enough wins and who's playing well at the end of the season. Plenty of time to to figure it out. Chris Godwin had a nice game, eight catches for 140. But uh, the Saints. Um, the, the thing is, if if the, the Trevor Simeon Saints, although this was a nice win, they're not going anywhere. That's that's really though what it comes down to. I mean, yeah, like the Saints might be the the most difficult to figure out team, right? Like if, if yeah. like I, I think we have a box that we can put most teams into, right? Like contender, not contender, definitely not contending, whatever. Like what box are the Saints? They're five and two. You know what I mean? Like they have the the you know the characteristics right. of a contender, but I mean, so like 
what what do we what do we think of their their future? I mean, they've got the Falcons this week, so they'll likely win. Then they've got the Titans, and who knows without Derek? You Henry. would think that the Matt Ryan could be Trevor Simeon, though. I I I do, but I'm that, not just that Saints defense is so good. You know what I mean? And and Matt Ryan is struggling. I mean, so I I the Saints are a wild card team, right? Like, they're are they going to be one? Like, it kind of feels like that's going to happen. Maybe, maybe not. I, I don't know. It's hard to predict at, at this stage. I'm having a really tough time with the NFL in general this year of like trying to definitively say one team is this because you say it. And, you know, going back to the Bengals, to me last week, and I was saying this, I'm like, like the Bengals are the best team in the AFC. They are. And then they go and do what they did. And, it, and it's like you want to make these generalizations and you want to say, OK, well, the Saints got to be at least a slightly above 500 with this defense. I mean, who knows at this point? Like you, you, you talk about masks on Halloween. No one has really revealed who they are to me definitively yet this year, except for maybe a handful of teams who you feel good about. Uh, the Cowboys being one of them. The AFC's wide open. I still I like the Packers, right? Even though the Cardinals lost, I still like the Cardinals. To me, I, I feel sure about the top of the NFC. Um, I can't put the Saints in that mix with Trevor Simeon leading the way. I'm yeah, sorry. I agree with you um you mentioned masks what's your all what's what's the best halloween costume you've ever had you know um when i was young which is years and years ago now i was one of the first to embrace the bad guy hulk hogan and i was nwo hulk hogan for halloween painted on the beard had the blonde mustache and i i will always remember that. i thought i was the coolest kid going as the bad hulk hogan um, for Halloween, so maybe maybe that one. I was also Yoda one year with a really really <laughs> realistic mask. Um, were you uh, enjoy? Were you one of the ten million people who dressed up as Ted Lasso this year, Pete? No, I didn't end up dressing up with the family in town. I had my what would be been my um, party of note on Saturday with my friends. They had to do it without me, but I was planning to go as an Irish goodbye, which can sometimes be my move that my friends always get me and I was going to dress up basically like an Irishman and bring a mirror and, and you know put it up but it, it didn't end up working out uh because I couldn't go to the the signature Halloween party for my friends and I mm, yeah. t's and p's and uh by the Thanks. way Pete a report while we're on here according to NFL Network's Ian Rappaport the Tennessee Titans are bringing Adrian Peterson in for a workout in the wake of the AP. Derrick Henry news AP so. had some juice last year right We'll see. Uh, we'll see how things go for him in Tennessee. It'd be very interesting. Um, okay, some games to kind of fly through because they were boring. The Buffalo Bills took down the Miami Dolphins, twenty-six to eleven. Final score. I know the Bills yeah. won, and I know they're my Bills. This was not an impressive win to me. Like it, no. it, it was like it took a lot for Buffalo to kind of grind this out at the very end. Yeah, it, you kept looking up on this football Sunday, and it was like, wow, it's still three-three. Oh, it's still three-three. Wow, they're only winning 10-3 against the Dolphins and it's yep. the third quarter. Like, what is the deal here? Uh now, <laughs> quite honestly, right, with the way the NFL is going this year, it's better than losing, which <laughs> could happen at any time to any team. Uh so yeah, it, the Bills, you know, you're gonna have stinkers. Good teams, when they have stinkers, can win like this. Sure. It is what it is. It's a it's a division game. They're five and two. Uh, by default, as we've been saying, the Bills are are the best team in the AFC. But like, can you really feel good about anyone? I don't know. So there you go. That's where that's how I feel about this game. Look, you you're the one who said today that they might be the best team in the AFC. Okay, Bills. You know you're gonna have some stinkers, but I need you to get your foot on the gas here because after this, Pete, they're at Jacksonville, at the Jets, they get the Colts, 
and then they're at New Orleans on on Thanksgiving night, and who knows what that Saints team looks like to our point. Okay, Bills, you want to be that team? You want to be the best team in the AFC? Now's the time. Separate yourselves well, that's, while everything's that's happening thing. around you. They have this this season in front of them, right? Those are four games that they should win, especially with how these teams are right now, where they should just go in and what are they? So they're five and two. They should be nine and two at a certain point. And when you have teams that are the Baltimore Ravens who should drop one in that time, the Raiders should drop one in that time, you should, if you're the Bills, be able to say, okay, we're going to be the AFC by team. You have that schedule in front of you. Go do it now. You've already gotten over uh, what were maybe the tougher games of your your season. You know, in the Chiefs, you, you dropped one against the, the Titans. You look at the rest of the schedule. Yeah, you get the Patriots twice. You get the Bucks. Every other game should be a win. And I think if they were to do that, let's say they drop those three games, they're able to win. Every, you should have the AFC by, I would think, with how the conference has gone this year. So they just got to take care of business. The San Francisco 49ers got back to their winning ways. Pete, a uh, game against the Chicago Bears, always a nice cure for that. 33-22, to 22, the final score. Justin Fields almost had his announcement moment in the NFL. Uh, had an incredible rushing touchdown that was super awesome. Uh, really kind of all over the place here. 22-yard score in the fourth corner to uh, seemingly tie the game for the Bears, but they would go on to miss the extra point before the 49ers ran away with it. Uh, Elijah Mitchell was kind of the story, I think, for San Francisco, 137 yards and a touchdown. Um, this was just, yeah. I think, San Francisco not being as bad as the Bears. This to me just it, it it draws parallels for me between Chicago and Baltimore, right? Lamar Jackson is one of the most unique quarterbacks in the NFL, and he has this dual threat ability. He is one of the most um, most impressive athletes that you've seen in a long time. Fields may be there, but it's going to take the organization buying into maximizing who Justin Fields is. And and you've seen this change to a quarterback on the fly with um, where you had the quarterback controversy and it was ridiculous at the beginning, beginning of the year. I think it's going to take a full effort. So it's like, let's build this offense and this scheme around Fields. And I think the Bears are going to have to really look themselves in the mirror in the offseason and say, is Matt Nagy the guy to do that? Or should we try to go all in on a coach who can maximize this for, for this kid? And that's where the Bears are at. I think the 49ers are fine. You know, they're, they're, they are what they are. Debo Samuel has had a really impressive year. He's kind of become that it 49er for them. I, they're only going to go so far. I could see the the 49ers being spicy toward the end of the season as they're on maybe, you know, like that last wild card push and, and whatnot. Mm. The Bears are not going to make the postseason. And I think this season is more about like, what do we have in fields and what does our future look like? It's amazing. And I know Justin Fields has had his struggles, but the 22 yard touchdown is like, why would you ever play Andy Dalton over him? You know, like, you know what I mean? Like if like if Fields can do that, even if he can do it once every four or five games, whatever, like that's an element that Andy Dalton has never had. And so I don't know why you would not want that on the field. But um, what's uh, interesting to me is, is I just kind of knowing that Matt Nagy and covering here in Kansas City, I don't know if Fields is the type of quarterback that he wants to run his team with, you know, and that and like, I think he would want more of like a typical pocket passer and that's what's just so confusing about the Chicago situation right now I I just wonder how much Nagy wanted to buy into fields and go mm. in this direction it just it seems mismatched it has for a while now and I I just don't think those two will get the most out of each other now what does Chicago do about that remains to be seen 
the Pittsburgh Steelers back above 500, Pete, a 15 to 10 win over the Cleveland Browns. Pittsburgh four and three, Cleveland four and four. This is a bad loss from the Browns. You talk about teams in the AFC, nobody wants to take it. Yeah. This was it. Baker, I know you have the shoulder, you got a million things going on, but the Pittsburgh has one of the worst offenses in the NFL. One of the worst. You cannot, cannot at home only put up 10 points and lose this game. You can't. I mean, they- I just, I, I, I don't. I, I got a little bit of a hot take here. Like if Bill oh. Belichick, if Bill Belichick and his career didn't exist, like if you can just pluck that out and it was just kind of parody every year. Right. So just we live in a world where Bill Belichick and the whole Patriots dynasty doesn't exist. You'd maybe like be like Mike Dom- Tomlin is definitively the best head coach in the NFL because year after year it's yeah. turnover. It's different problems. It's weaknesses. And he continues to keep this team relevant and it's not to say like okay they're always world beaters right they're always going to be vying for the top of the afc they always have a shot it is so hard to consistently potentially be a playoff team every year i know that we go into the season and every franchise is like yeah it's the super bowl this year you know we're going for it come on not every team is is going to be but even just to be in playoff contention for what has been like 15 years now when he goes to the podium and has to say you know, would you ask Sean Payton this? Would you ask Andy Reid read this? He got me thinking. It's a game like this where you lose the kicker. You got this team. They're can't that even was kick their extra fault, points. Though. That was I understand. Their fault. I understand. But, but, but I'm you're saying, right. You lose the kicker. You can't even kick extra points. You're having to go for two and you're failing. And that could let the Browns back into it. The Browns said the Steelers could have made every excuse for losing this game. The Browns had every opportunity. And then you have a defensive play where Jarvis Landry just gets the ball knocked out of his hands, which is to, to an extent inexcusable, but it's also a great play by the Steelers defense. Mike Tomlin just runs a system where he just consistently has this team and who has no business winning games and making a, a spicy case for the AFC playoffs. So again, like I said, if there was a world and this doesn't exist where you could pluck Bill Belichick out of the universe, I think we'd look at Mike Tomlin as the best coach in the NFL. That's all I'll say. I think that's a great take. I have kind of a reverse take. Uh, it's about Ben Roethlisberger. You've seen Breaking Bad, I, I assume. You're you're a well-cultured man. Of course. Right. Say uh, my name. Uh, you know, you had the jigsaw yeah. impersonation last week. Now you've got I the- am the one who knocks. That The say my name one was better. You know, that one was not your best. Um, okay. But, uh, right. now, ooh, let's do, do the one. I'm in the empire business. Do that one. Oh. I'm in the empire business. I am the one who knocks. There we go. You're back. Uh, so you. I, I feel as if Ben Roethlisberger is Walter White. And I feel like Jesse, mm-hmm. like he can't keep getting away with this. Like I'm I'm so frustrated <laughs> that like I, I, I'm not like rooting against Ben Roethlisberger, but he's right. so bad and, and he's mm-hmm. actually holding the offense back. And I, it's so frustrating that there's no like, punishment for that so to speak and so it doesn't make sense it doesn't make logical sense that they would keep winning but that's why kind of like there when when we you know came here after sunday of week one and you had the tin foil and you were ready to you know pile on the buffalo bills i i told you that day that i felt like the bills lost that game more than the steelers won it and i don't totally feel that way here this is so bad from the browns dude i mean th- this is a really bad loss from the browns and i don't know what to make of the browns like i don't, I don't know that i am still even confident they're a playoff team i mean this is a really bad loss and the browns last year kind of crystallized everything everybody wanted you know they were the hot team or cute team for people to pick to go to the playoffs for like 3 years in a row it all finally happened but man now you're just a, a 
mediocre to bad team. Like th- this is a really, really, really bad loss. You had a chance to get things back on track and you yeah. failed. And now you're 500. Baker Mayfield so wants to be the guy that's fighting through injury. Oh, and dude. winning, he, winning well, he the wants game to be Ben Roethlisberger and winning the game. And yeah. there, there was, sorry, there was the, the clip at the end of the game where he gets yeah. pushed out of bounds and there's the like debate as to whether it's a late hit and he gets up and like sprints back on the field right. to do the first down. You're right. Like he, he wants that like label so badly. He, well, you got to win for that to be the case. And he would maybe have it if they were winning games, but they're not, he's not finding through injury to lead them to wins. And, and there you have losses like this, but we know that side of Baker, right? Baker was chirpy at the beginning of his career because there were wins and he was saying, you know, different things. And he wants to be that guy with the swagger. He's just not good enough. You can't you can't put the Cleveland Browns flag in the center of the field if you're losing to a game or are you losing to a team without a kicker, which which is exactly what the Cleveland Browns did on Sunday. At Cincinnati and at New England, next two games for the Browns. What's their record in those two weeks? Oh, oh and two. I'm with you. I I think the Bengals really were embarrassed, and I think they're going to come back strong. And I think New England is finding itself, and which is scary for the entire AFC, by the way. Mm-hmm. The fact that Bill Belichick took a year off. He went crazy in free Sabbatical. agency. Suddenly, Mac Jones looks like he could command the team. I'm not saying he's, you know, one of the better quarterbacks in the AFC, but he's good enough for Bill Belichick to kind of come out of the lab and win a lot of games. Um, and that's where we're at. So, the Philadelphia Eagles trounced the Detroit Lions. You know, I I don't want to like play hindsight, but I feel like I should have seen this coming. And I know I picked the Lions because we I all thought, good. you know. These are your birds, Pete, but it made sense in the sense that, you know, Detroit had been this team that was really close, right? And, and they were 0-7, but, you know, they had some kind of quality losses, so to speak. Uh, but I think looking back on it, they were emotionally spent after the game in Los Angeles against the Rams. They threw everything they had to win that one for Jared Goff. So it kind of made sense that they would be asleep at the wheel. The Eagles capitalized on it. 21 points in the third quarter. Um, a nice cruise control victory for Nick Sirianni. Yeah, thanks, Nick, uh, for making me put Kenny Gainwell in my fantasy lineups and then playing Boston Scott and Jordan Howard, who combined for 117 rushing yards, each scored uh, two touchdowns, was a, a blowout here. I I like this quote from Dan Campbell, and I quote, I noticed him in the sea of trash that we were floating in today. He was describing the good play of Jalen Reeves Maven, uh, one of the bright spots in what was a terrible day for the Lions. The Lions have Dan Campbell for six years. Jared Goff is their quarterback. This is year one of a very long rebuild, and it's felt like a lifetime of rebuilds when you talk about the Detroit Lions. I don't know how – I don't have any data to support this, but Jalen Hurts in this game was 9 of 14 for 103 yards. A a team that that wins a game 44 to 6, which, by the way, was the score of one of the worst Cowboys games of my life against the Eagles – 103 yards you know what i mean like in a 44 to 6 victory that you led the team in rushing with 71 yards but yeah you would think at a certain point in a 44 to 6 win that he He didn't even throw a a touchdown you know what i'm saying like it's a it's a weird weird box score i guess is the best way to put it it's a it's a box score agami nice uh the los angeles rams defeated the houston texans 38 to 22 if you are a gambling aficionado like somebody here on this program you maybe took a bad beat at the end of this the rams were 16 and a half point favorites houston scored 22 unanswered in the fourth quarter to cover 
the Houston Texans mm-hmm. did. But no matter, the Rams did win very easily. They are now 7-1. and one. Cooper Cup continues to look amazing. Matthew Stafford, top 300 yards, three touchdowns through the air. Houston looks lost, dude. I mean, they look, they look bad. They look bad, bad. Yeah, it's Houston and it's Detroit for the worst team in the league and and who's going to basically have the top pick to me at this point because they just seem like in another realm of poor right now uh, where you, you just can't see any sunshine. RJ, you mentioned bad, beat, bad beats. I want to tell you something. Um, on this Sunday, I put in a four-team parlay. I picked three underdogs to win. Ooh, the, I, I, pre- I predicted the Panthers, the Titans, and the Steelers to win, which I hit. I said, you know what? I'll sweeten this. I'll just put in the Bengals money line in that parlay. We got got, got crushed on that one. Sorry, Pete. Um, yes, <laughs> and the the Texans had the ultimate bad beat for the Rams betters. Who it was at one point, and it was the third quarter, basically the fourth quarter. It was thirty eight nothing. You were cruising, and then all of a sudden, these backdoor touchdown, beep beep boop. The Texans end up covering. So that's the most interesting about this game. Uh, the Rams continue to roll from an NFL perspective. The Rams continue to roll doesn't really matter that the Texans had some garbage points in this. These are two organizations that are heading in opposite directions. You mentioned how Houston's in the running with Detroit for the worst team in the NFL. I would put Jacksonville, I know you would too, firmly in that mix. 7-31, to 31, the final score for them in Seattle. That's a long road trip, to be fair. Uh, Seahawks get a win with Geno Smith. Very much needed at 3-5 and five now. Uh, we'll see how things shake out for them after the bye, whether Russell Wilson is able to return or not. Um, Quick point, I'm, I'm seeing some news come through for me and Rappaport. Um, back to the Vikings for a second. Daniil Hunter is feared to have suffered a torn peck. He did we not play the wit- second half. You're right. We, we may we may not be, we may be witnessing what could be the final year of Zim, right? Oh, I mean, dude. I, I mean, like, no offense to, to Daniil Hunter, but, like, that was obvious to me as soon as this game was over. Again, like, right. for him to openly admit that he forgot that he called the timeout, that, that he didn't prepare right. for Cooper Rush at all, to get beat by Cooper Rush? I mean, in back-to-back years, he's lost to backup quarterbacks but what from the I'm, same team. I mean, forward-facing, this doesn't seem like a team that's going to necessarily, like, right the ship enough oh, where no. you're going to say... The Vikings are doomed, but... dude. Their next their next two next three games are yeah. at Baltimore, at the Chargers, and then Green Bay. I mean, yikes. But, uh, but the Jaguars so are terrible. Some bad injury news, really, on this Monday morning. Right. Okay, Hate to so see it. Roast the Jaguars for us, Pete. Yeah. Um, I and Look, I, I don't even know what to say. Uh, it's 31-7. Geno Smith played for the team that won. Uh, so just <laughs> that that is what it is at that point. Um, okay. Not a lot to say there. Uh, the Denver Broncos, victorious, I guess. Uh, I saw the Denver Broncos Twitter account tweeted, a win's a win, which is really... <laughs> all you can say about this um 17 to 10 the final score against your football team right f f t -T. um no this is this is the broncos season ready this was so gross to watch they beat bad teams and they lose to good teams the wins giants jags jets wft the losses ravens steelers raiders browns it's simple that's who the denver broncos are they're a middling team and they're going to beat the teams see, they, like, they should beat. That's and too gonna kind to me. I don't even think they're middling. Like they are, they are so bad, dude. They are, they are unwatchable. I mean, they are gross. I I, I like they make me like football. What's less. the final score of the Cowboys and Broncos next weekend? Mm, assuming Dak Prescott plays, thirty-three to ten. Okay. So okay. I mean, do you disagree with that? No, I just said that they lose to good teams. So, of course, it's going to be Do they lost. lose to Philadelphia the week after that? Denver. Yes. 
So yeah. that, that puts them at four and six in through their bye. Then they've got the Chargers the Sunday after Thanksgiving. So they're and, four know, and seven. This is you know, we talked about Zimmer. This is Fandale's last last go to. Right. Well, and I was just gonna say they'd be four and seven before they visit our Kansas City Chiefs to drop yeah, to right. four and eight. Yeah, so. it's, it's um, too late. That, yeah, that dude. ship you should see the ship. It is just so far from the <laughs> Vic Fangio uh, is like this season was gone. Like, like I said, I knew the moment was gone. I knew, I mean, not that Mike Zimmer had had a great season, but the moment that that penalty happened when he called back to back timeouts, I knew it was over. And the moment Vic Fangio complained about the Baltimore Ravens, you know, getting the record right. against them or tying the record, you knew it was over. You just, you right. knew it was over. This, there are this, moments, there are shark jumping moments. Right. And we have witnessed a couple this year. Uh, Broncos are trash. Uh, Monday Night Football preview, Pete. I mentioned it has been the week of news for the Jets, the Patriots, and the Saints. The New York Giants, two and five, coming off a win uh, this past week, looking to get another one against the Kansas City Chiefs. You mentioned I had some fun over the weekend. Uh, your expense. I love you. I'm sorry. Uh, no, it was a bad. Fine. It was a bad weekend for. Uh, Chiefs headlines. Shout out to Tyron Matthew, of course, and right. Anthony Hitchens, who stirred the pot <laughs> to begin with. Um, it's just uncharacteristic yeah. behavior from this team. Here's the thing: if you're if you if if you're on a team and and you're struggling, it's not worth it to go seek out your name and go to like an unknown Instagram account. No offense to Arrowhead Nation, but it it's an Instagram account with about one to two thousand followers. That was asking a dumb question about the GM's mistakes, and Anthony Hitchens was among it. Why even looking up that? Don't even look at it. You're, you're a struggling team. Stay off of social media just altogether until you write the ship. And guess what? If you win two or three games, the whole talk is going to be turned around. Like I'm, I'm telling you, I know the Chiefs are in a bad way right now. You beat the Giants tonight, and then you beat the Packers next week, and what's a late game? All of a sudden, especially because of the way the AFC is, people are going to be like, well, the Chiefs and the Bills, who knows if they have a rematch and, and what. It changes so quickly in the NFL. So I think just, you know, focus in, intrinsically. Tyron Matthew called the fan base or suggested the fan base was toxic. He went on to apologize. We covered it at Arrowhead Pride. But winning, and as Andy Reid knows, winning changes everything. And so you get a win tonight. You should get the win against the New York Giants. I think all of a sudden you start to feel a little bit better. And then because all these teams have at least two losses in the AFC, you just never know if you could start putting it back together. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if there's one silver lining to the Chiefs season, which has been an absolute disaster so far, it's that the AFC is wide open and you could play yourself back into it. Um, you have to do it, right? So we'll see if they can. I will say on the Tyron Matthew thing, I know that that's just kind of what you get with him. He's an emotional person, an emotional player. But, dude, relax on calling the fan base toxic. Like, because of how great you've been over the last few years, the, you know, this this is below expectation for Chiefs fans. And, well, and one, and it, one, and, and one end, they go into it, you know, the Chiefs, and they say the right things at the beginning of the year. Like, we have these lofty expectations, and we like being put on this pedestal, and we embrace it. This is where you want to be. And then you go through a little adversity and you start saying things like this. I appreciated the uh, apology. I think it was true. One of the questions that I had for him was like, do you still want to be here? Because he has said that he wants to stay in Kansas City in the last year of his contract. And he went, you know, he's all in on Kansas City. So I, I just think it was an emotional moment on the weekend. You're looking at your stuff. Who knows if they were, you know, what they were doing. So, that, you know, it's a it's a it's a guy who who wears his emotions on his sleeve and, and it hurt him a little bit. This, this right. And. Here's the thing, Hitch and and Tyron Matthew, you are, you know, responsible players for one of the worst defenses in NFL history. Maybe, right. you know, maybe have some accountability here. Um, I, 
I don't see how the Chiefs don't win this game, dude. I mean, and this this is a welcome moment for the Chiefs after last week's game against the Titans. The Giants are awful. I mean, they are terrible. No, There's... no, no Barkley, no Galladay. I know Tony may play in this game. It, it seems to be tracking that he will. It might be interesting for for a while, but I, you know it's hard to say. Okay, the Chiefs are finally going to get right because you you really need to see it. But this is the definition to me of a get right game where you're playing a team that is worse than you, and you can use it and to start to feel better about yourself. And you need to when you're playing the Green Bay Packers, and you kind of got to win out if you if you want your aspirations to come true this year. So uh, there's a lot. Going to be, I don't have to tell you this, a lot of attention on the Chiefs very soon, Pete. This game's on Monday Night Football. You mentioned Sunday against the Packers. That is on Fox. It's going to be America's Game of the Week. Joe Buck mm-hmm. will be done with the World Series. The Houston Astros will have completed the comeback. Uh, the mm-hmm. week after that, at Vegas on Sunday Night Football, uh, before Fox again for America's Game of the Week against the Cowboys. So some big-time stages for the Chiefs if they are going to get back. Uh, can really kind of feed the national narrative going into Thanksgiving, which I know is something you care about. Um, just, you'll be busy just, tonight, it's Pete. Putting, but it's, it's putting wins together. Yeah. I, you, you start to win games, and all of a sudden, the, the whole thing could come back to you. But it, it is a big if right now in Kansas City. And, you know, what they're facing on the other side of this, and just to shore up our, our preview of Monday Night Football, if you somehow lose this game to the Giants, it is a complete fall off and the oh, fall off is kind of complete and, and it'll be hard to see a scenario in which they go through the gauntlet. That is their schedule and make the postseason. So it, it's a, it's a tale depending on the result of this, of two paths that you're going to be going on. Like this is the fork in the road for the chiefs. You're either going to have a complete fall off or potentially maybe the, the comeback story starts, starts tonight. So we'll see it. We'll see where, it, which, which yellow brick road or, or green, disgusting brick road that they get on here uh the preemptive come up of the week going to the kansas city chiefs i like it sure. you're right i know you wrote in your game recap last week that it was not time to panic after the loss to tennessee if it's a loss and some of it would be context like how it would be a loss like maybe there'd be terrible penalties or something like that but if it's a loss to the giants that's hard to come back from but we'll see i think the chiefs get it's right 60 minute game the chiefs should not lose to the giants i mean i agree with you that's the bottom line i i no matter how the loss comes, this is a big moment in the trajectory here. For uh, the average Chiefs fan, Pete, because you'll be working like the, uh, the the corporate man you are, uh, do you watch the regular game, the regular broadcast, or do you watch the Manning cast? You know what? I like – I'm a traditionalist here, and and it's not a popular take right now. I like the regular the broadcast, and I'll, I'll – Like in general, the- like even when the Chiefs aren't on it, you're saying? Yeah, I do. I like the I like the old school traditional broadcast and I'll catch the Manning moments the next day. I don't need to just watch that and, and the silliness it is because I really like Lewis Riddick and, and some of his analysis. And I'm a big Levy guy. Again, I, I that's my opinion. I'm entitled to it. I know that's not a popular one, but uh, the Manning cast should be fun tonight with it being the New York Giants. Well, what I will say uh, for someone who's already had the same experience uh, with the Cowboys, I did not watch the Manning cast during the game. But you go back and you rewatch it, you certainly enjoy the commentary. But like during the game, you know, for the person who does enjoy the Manning cast, which isn't Pete, everybody come at Pete on Twitter at PG Sween. You know, you got to focus. You know what I'm saying? The Manning to be be a distraction. One of the. One of the best moments in NFL history is when Eli won the first game and Jerry World and signed the wall. Why do you like that? That we had, we were having a, we were having a good day. You know, I've been I've been showering you with love Eli, and affection. 
Eli didn't have a like a tremendous career, but he got the two Super Bowls over Tom Brady and has had moments like that where you, you just like it's just so funny. I, I he's had a very funny career. Uh, I think he'll I, I think he's a borderline Hall of Famer and he'll get in because of all this extra stuff. So, oh, Pete. Um, OK, well, that was it for the week eight Sunday action. Make sure mm-hmm. to check out arrowheadpride.com and bigblueview.com for coverage of Monday night football. Of course, stats and BLG will recap the game. Maybe Pete will join them. Who knows? On the oddcast tomorrow. Make sure to right. subscribe to the Espionation. They haven't asked show. me yet. Uh, wow. It, this is what happens on the oddcast. They talk about me and they talk about my takes, yet they never ask me on the show to defend mm. myself. That's so you're saying they, they, they just like to throw these stones and they don't want to I, establish look, any accountability what I, here. What I'd say our day is it's good to have fans. You know what I mean? So that, right. that's all mm. I'll say. Yeah. I mean, you know, varsity drops on Monday, right? Mm-hmm. You know, JV on Tuesday, varsity's yeah. back on Thursday and then varsity picks back up on Monday. So, right. um, you know, Hey, right. it is what it is. It is what it is. What it is. Yeah. Um, somebody told me that I said it is what it is too much on the, uh, post game show at Block of the Boys. It, it so is what it is. I'm a little bit in my feelings on the it is what it is right now. Mm-hmm. Uh subscribe to the Espionation NFL show. Leave a rating, write a review, follow Pete on Twitter at PG Sween uh for more discussion on the best Halloween costumes he's ever had throughout his mm-hmm. life. Uh tonight the Chiefs Blubber. we ride again, Pete. We ride uh in the kcmo can't wait to see those glorious chiefs red uniforms under the bright lights beautiful monday night showtime mahomes all the fun oh yeah the final word belongs to you make it a great one stay out of big ben's territory